Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, welcome in. Welcome into the initial voyage, episode one of the Focus podcast uh, with Matt and Marcus. I'm Matt. I'm Marcus. And we're just a couple of guys who wanted to start a podcast about football, fantasy football, life, whatever. Uh, it, it's kind of, it, it's multifaceted, I guess I would say. No, 100%. Uh, I know right now we're going to really focusing in on fantasy football because it's that time of the year for people like us it's like christmas (laughs) everyone's like staying up all night trying to see if they can catch a glimpse of uh old saint nick downstairs (laughs) putting those uh fantasy picks at the bottom of the tree and i'm leaving out extra cookies this year okay (laughs) all right i'm gonna i'm gonna spike the uh the cocoa make sure i get some good players out of this draft because i need it are you trying to uh, bribe your way into yes. a championship this year? I will lie, cheat, steal, swindle, might even kill. I'll All do right. any. I'll do anything to win. I didn't see shit. I'll do anything to win. <laughs> like I said, uh, and and you'll kind of get to know us and our our situations as we go along here, and hopefully the upcoming weeks and everything. But uh, so we're we're in two fantasy leagues together, Marcus and I. Mm-hmm. So we do our normal redraft league. Which uh, with a couple of keepers, and that's been around for ten years now. Yeah, it's going into year ten. Year ten. Uh, How many then, chips have you won? Uh, none. None. All right. None. Okay, just just don't have. And then you lucked into one like year two or something. Uh, but I've also been in damn near half been resting of on the championship, and you've been resting on your All laurels right. ever since. How many championship games have you been in? The well, I haven't won any. Have you been in any? I haven't won any is the point. And then, <laughs> and then uh, five years ago uh, or so, we actually started on a new venture. Um, some of the people from that group and then five other degenerates. Mm-hmm. Uh, a dynasty football league, which I think is one of the most fun things you can do with, with fantasy sports. Dynasty football has changed everything for me. <laughs> it really has. Um, it's changed you in the redraft league. It's changed yeah. your whole perspective on what fantasy football oh, is. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's so like, – because, I mean, all of it, if you're playing fantasy football and you're playing at a level like you're, you and I do – um, Dynasty just gives you that outlet to not only just enjoy it for the course of what six months or so yeah. and make it a year long activity. Now you're actually paying attention to college games. You're paying attention to, you know, OTAs even when guys are just wearing shorts and t shirts out there and you're like, man, you see how he's running those drills right there, man? <laughs> Did you like, see David Montgomery out there, man? Yeah, but oh, he's, he's against air. He's against air. He's not doing anything. He's looking good out Nobody there. Nobody can touch him. Rocking those short shorts, man. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, baby. They don't have any pads on. Oh, yeah. They're wearing their hats backwards instead of helmets. Yeah. <laughs> Reading every little like uh-huh. little synopsis that comes up. Yeah. We got that uh, sleeper app now, oh, so God. we were talking about that yesterday. Now it's like everybody has the inside track on everything that's going on. Well, and that's just <laughs> it. Like, okay, well, we're doing this podcast yeah. to provide people with information and insight and things like that or whatever. But it's like, so we're on this app, and and I would recommend it, by the way. It's it's free. It, it'll help you out. Uh even if you're not in any leagues on it, just for the updates. And that's the thing, though. 
because it used to be that, you know, you could help yourself out if you were willing to put in more more work for research or have the right resources or whatever to alert you to news and all that kind of stuff. But uh, this app just kind of puts it all right at everybody's fingertips and everybody mm-hmm. in the league is on it. And so, I mean, just as fast or even faster than I would normally get the information. Everybody's got the damn we information. We all got that breaking news now. I don't we all like get it. that alert. I'm sitting, in a, I'm sitting in a meeting at work. I'm like, oh, shit, look at that. Sterling <laughs> Shepard just broke his thumb. Yeah. Damn, he dead. I just traded, I just <laughs> traded for him, too. <laughs> so, no, and, well, if you're a Giants fan, you, that app has not done you any favors these last few days. Oh, no. You got Sterling Shepard, who's gone, and yes. then, like, the next day, Corey Coleman. Done. Uh, super draft bust from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Done for the year. And then today, right, this morning? Was yeah. it this morning or yeah. late last night? This morning. Uh, news broke where Golden Tate is now being suspended for four games for PED usage. Yeah, so. so that is the entire starting core for the wide receivers on the Giants and now they're gonna have to roll guys in like I don't know Michael Michael Crabtree maybe yeah yeah, yeah. and well here I'm hoping that Sterling Shepard's okay week one it's a broken thumb you can play you can play receiver with a broken thumb just not good he's not that good anyway he's fine he's not that good though Matt look at me he's not that good I know you I I I know you got him and he's on your team so you got that pony in the race but you could start was, Sterling Shepard at wide receiver three and feel confident that like half the games he plays, he's going to give you good production. At, at a three value, yeah. yeah. Um, but I've heard a lot of people say, well, he's the wide receiver one now, right? And if you're going to take a guy like that and say, well, he's the wide receiver one, so he's definitely got to be the guy that I need to draft in my, you know, in my in my drafts in my leagues at, you know, what, what, I would say what five, fifth or sixth, seventh round ish, somewhere around there. Seems right? a little high, but yeah, so, yeah. But I mean, I've seen him go that high mm-hmm. in a lot of mock drafts that I've seen other people do. And if I were to even go down that road and go for a guy that's considered a wide receiver one, but never really produced wide receiver one numbers on a yeah. team, I would go for a DD Westbrook personally mm-hmm. because. At least from a volume standpoint, I want to say that he had like 101 targets last year, and that was with stink butt Blake Bortles <laughs> as quarterback, right? Now you got BDN coming in there. Oh, stop right? it with your Nick Foles, will you please? Big dick. <sighs> All right, so BDN comes in there now, and I, you know they didn't. It's not like they drafted any other wide receiver that's going to take away from him. Mm-hmm. If anything, they let go of Dante Moncrief, who's now on the Steelers now. I could definitely see D.D. Westbrook getting at least the same volume of targets, which if you're getting 100 targets, that's money right there in the bank. I would totally take a guy like D.D. Westbrook over Sterling Shepard. Anyway. And oh, and that's an interesting point. Uh, D.D. could break out this year. A lot of people think that he will, or at least he's the number one option. But this episode here, what our main focus is, is giving everybody kind of do's and don'ts when it comes to your draft and your league and uh, mm-hmm. – and best practices and everything, and that's just one I hadn't even thought of that just kind of popped into my mind. So this is kind of an advice podcast episode, whatever. But uh, so I'm, I'm, I'll just I'll just kick it off then because of that. Not every team has a wide receiver one. Not every team has a running back one. Just because, look, of course, everybody has the best guy in their wide receiver room. But just because mm-hmm. it's the number one option on a team mm-hmm. doesn't mean that that's. A, a great option for you or you know that's that he's a, a true wide receiver one or mm-hmm. running back one and that's I think that's a misconception uh, a lot of people have mm-hmm. you know you, you newer players or players haven't played a lot or whatever is that just because okay well I got the wide receiver one in this offense I got the number one quote-unquote wide receiver that doesn't mean he's even worth a wide receiver three spot in your lineup that's true that's true I mean Three teams I can think of off the top of my head that fall into that category. Uh, we already mentioned two, and that would be the Giants and the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, a third one, it would be for me anyway, would be the Dolphins, right? Yeah. I mean, how long are people going to ride that Devontae Parker train? <laughs> and for whatever reason, I swear every year the reports are coming out. Man, he's looking really good out there. Yeah. He's again, looking again, amazing out there. And against then he'll have air that, in yeah, shorts. In shorts. <laughs> and he'll have that one game where you're like, oh, shit, he's finally coming along. Yeah. Here he comes. And then he goes right back to being Devontae Parker, right? So It's like golf. You know, you go out there and you duff it all over the course, uh, but then you hit that one shot mm-hmm. that keeps you coming back. Like, oh, see, I could do this. Yeah. Uh, maybe it is worth it. Yeah. Maybe I could do that more consistently. I do have that potential. <laughs> I do have that potential inside I've got me. it in me. He's got, got it the, in him. I got the glow, baby. Come on, Parker. I got the glow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got uh, Kenny Stills still, I guess. Kenny Stills. Uh, Albert Wilson, who I think could be sneaky good if he recovers well he's, he's uh, from fast. his injury. He's All right. fast. He, made, he, had a, he had a few nice plays last year. Yeah. But again, I mean, it's like if you're drafting anyone, I'm not saying don't draft those people, but don't fall victim to the fact that they are, t- you know, any of those players would be labeled as like the wide receiver one on that particular team. Right. Because as Matt was saying, uh, someone being labeled the wide receiver one doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to produce wide receiver one numbers. Um, you know, you're more so looking on teams like that as them being maybe a three or flex option. And, and even if, so let's say you've identified one of those guys, let's say it's Didi. Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say you've identified, like, I want to get that guy because I believe in him. I think he's going to produce. There's some hype on him or whatever. I want to make sure I get him. Don't fall into that. I want to make sure I get him before somebody else because then you'll overdraft him. Exactly. Then you'll miss out on real talent for exactly. somebody that is really kind of a dice throw. And yeah. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're on him, mm-hmm. and you want to be the guy that you know jumped on him and and was right when when nobody else saw it or whatever. But if you miss out on that pick, it's okay. You missed out on it. There's gonna mm-hmm. be other inconsistent type players at the level that you would have drafted him mm-hmm. that you can go and get. They're probably gonna produce just as much or more. So don't get hung up on one guy. That's another tip on drafting. Don't get hung up on one guy that you've circled like, oh, this is a sleeper. I gotta get him. Yeah, but. It's a sleeper because you're hoping nobody else is on him or his value is low. Exactly. It's not a sleeper if you're like, oh, I got to jump in now and get him before somebody else does. That's not a sleeper. Yeah, my only uh, – I would say this, and this is something that I just generally live by when it comes to fantasy sports uh, or fantasy football to be exact, is volume to me is king, right? So I know that I always throughout the years I've always talked at BD Westbrook because I think I drafted him in our dynasty league like in the fourth or fifth round right. a, couple, a few years ago and I just had like this gut feeling he's always been like slowly progressing and I do believe that for wide receivers anyway unless they're like some just breakout superstar stud kind mm-hmm. of a generational player like when Odell first hit the scene or Julio first hit the scene or Michael Thomas um, usually it takes about three years yep. for you to really see the value of him, kind of like a Tyler Boyd last year. He started to you know, emerge as a fantasy-relevant player at right. that particular point in time. Um, but what I do like about Didi, though, is, again, that volume. Like I said, 101 targets. Um, kind of like what we were talking about you know, in our, in, our, uh, in our mock podcast that we did last, year, or last week. 
Oh yeah, we uh, practiced. Y'all. We practiced. We, we, we wanted to be good yeah. for you guys. We did. We did some run throughs. <laughs> we were uh, we were talking about you know why I like David Montgomery so much and why I could even see him in a redraft league going in like a late second, early third round is because of the volume that Jordan Howard was receiving, where he got the six overall amount of carries. He didn't mm-hmm. do really much with them. I think he finished twentieth overall as far as the running backs go. Um, but the fact that those carries are going to have to go somewhere, and I'm not really too concerned with Mike Davis. He'll probably get a little bit here and there, but I don't even think that they had thought they were going to be able to get David Montgomery, which is why they essentially took all of their draft capital to move up and get David Montgomery. And I think he's like the only guy that they even drafted in that entire draft. They've invested heavily in this guy. He is going to be the man there. He's at least going to get – you know, I would say out of those, you know, six overall carries last year, I would say he's going to get at least 90 to 95% of them. And what's funny about you, nobody stands for their guys on their roster uh, like you do, like Marcus <laughs> does. Because Marcus, it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, it could be, as you would call him, uh, Poop Butthole Jr., yeah, <laughs> and uh, doesn't matter. You're gonna you're gonna treat him like he's uh, the next the next uh, All Pro. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> and nobody you know, buys it, by the way. So like, there there are it. people that buy it. All right, <laughs> it does happen. But, well, because- Time out. How did I get? Hold on. I made a trade with uh, Nick, and I was able to package Isaiah Crowell in there when he moved over to the. You got you just got to strike while the iron's hot, right? <laughs> I'm like, hey man. Isaiah Crowell just went over to the Raiders, and uh, you know he, uh, you know he's going to be the guy there. They, this is before they drafted Josh Get Jacobs, right? He didn't. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, what are we talking about? Doug Martin. I mean, there wasn't a lot of competition there, really, right? He had an opportunity to be the guy, and even last year when he played for the Jets, he had moments where he would play exceptionally well. Then he'd have moments Isaiah where Crowell, was, yeah, though. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. You just got to know when to hold him and know when to fold him, you right? And your Blake Bortles, same yeah, thing. Yeah, you know what I mean. God. You just got to have those moments, and you know. I was trying to get Mike Williams off his hands. So I said, here's Crowell. You know, here's the pick or so. And I was able to get Mike Williams, who I truly believe that this year Mike Williams will overtake the throne from Keenan Allen. I think Keenan Allen is soft in the ass. And I think that uh, he's he's got, like, those soft tissue type issues, which always scare me and a lot of players. He had a perforated, like, colon or something. Well, that was one of his issues, but he always has like you know he had the what the lacerated kidney. No, I that's think what it was. was. Lacerated, yeah, lacerated issue, kidney. You know, then he had like a, I think he had an issue with his cap. I might be wrong on that. Piece fine, right the last there. couple of years, but he had like legit. There were a couple weird injuries, but they were like legit yeah. injuries. Like he got hammered. That's how he you know perforated his kidney. I mean, he got hammered. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's soft like that. Uh, I don't see. Look. I like Mike Williams. I mean, he had ten touchdowns last year, yeah. which is kind of rare. That doesn't yeah. happen a lot. So, especially uh, on the amount of catches that he had, I think he had like around sixty some odd catches. It's a good offense. They lose Tyrell Williams, so yep. there's going to be a few more targets. I don't know about him overtaking Keenan Allen unless there is an injury. Uh, but I certainly like Mike Williams. What? So, what's more exciting for you? There, I mm-hmm. want to know this. What's mm-hmm. it, what's more exciting to you, drafting or trading? Oh God, that's a good question. Damn, that's a good question. <laughs> Because I know you love oh, both. Oh, man. I know you love a good trade. Here's the, here's, the, here's the problem that I run into there. Like, the thrill of trading and, like, <laughs> negotiating, it's kind of like you're trying to court the sexy woman, right, mm-hmm. at the bar, and you're okay. just like, come here, girl. Let me show you this kind of game <laughs> I got here, right? And, you know, and, and all your boys are like, you can't, kid, you can't pull that number. You know, this is back before you had to swipe left or right. You actually had a, some yeah. skills involved. <laughs> there was right? some work in it. <laughs> you had to actually put some damn work in, right? <laughs> and uh, and then you come back to the table like, I got a number. 
<laughs> check it out. And it's on like this tore up piece of paper and shit. Uh-huh. On a fucking <laughs> back of a written down, sweaty right? bar napkin. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, the thrill there, uh, you know, as far as, you know, the trade aspect of it is awesome. Um, but the draft is like, you know, you're going to, Get with the girl of your dreams, but you know what? You you only get to have her for one night. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So I would say overall, be a really good night though. It'd be that's what I'm saying. Be a really good night. That's what I'm saying. It's that one. It's like trades you can stretch out over the course of a year, right? Yeah. Whereas the draft, you know, in our case, happens twice. Mm-hmm. So I would say because of scarcity, because it's like that Girl Scout cookie. You know, they only come once a year kind of a thing, <laughs> so they just taste that much better. Yeah. I would have to say the draft. But if it was as saturated as trading, I would like trading more. Ah, trading. Trading trading is fun. Uh, especially, and we talked about before, in the dynasty, you know, dynasty leagues, and I highly recommend. Here's something that's interesting to me because, and maybe you've picked up on this, just kind of seeing, and again, since we got the sleep wrap, we get to see comments from all these other players around the, the world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, other leagues. Now I'll, I'll say this: both of our leagues are pretty savage, pretty cutthroat. Everybody is pretty knowledgeable and, and pretty well versed in fantasy football. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had a couple couple guys who weren't so much, but they're gone, and yeah. everybody's pretty good. At least in our redraft league and in our dynasty league, everybody's yeah. you know top level. Yeah, everyone stayed. We haven't lost anybody. In yeah, yeah, no turnover. Uh, five years. But a lot of these leagues that I see, you know, whether it's Facebook comments on this, that, or whatever. I don't think they're as savage as ours. No. Like, as far as, like, I-, I saw a question posed on Twitter, you know, about being nice about a trade or trying to, if you're out there, and especially if this is the way, look, uh, we're here in Seattle. Seattle traffic mm-hmm. uh, is bad, but Seattle drivers, it's a perfect kind of microcosm for the Northwest in general. Mm-hmm. Seattle drivers are so passive. Yeah. So passive. Yeah. So how do I drive? Well, I'm aggressive. Yeah. Because I'm going to get to that spot. You're not going to go there, so yeah. I'm going to get there. Yep. Uh, I'm going to do what I got to do. You should look at your fantasy football the same way, especially if you're in these leagues, work leagues, whatever it is, where people are kind of passive, they're doing whatever, not expert. You need to be savage. You mm-hmm. need to be going after, like, cutthroat. Yeah. No, like, 100%. no mercy. Take no prisoners. I think I remember what you, that what what you were talking about there because I, I can't remember who it was in our dynasty league that pointed it out. It might yeah. have been Nick because he's like, I swear you guys like always online looking at shit. <laughs> like, oh, what the fuck do you do, man? Um, and they were talking about you know when you're doing a trade, if you know something's wrong with one of your players or something like that, yeah, you shouldn't try to trade them. Um, like there's like this etiquette and all this other shit, and I got on there real quick, and I he's like, like the fuck out of here. How do I you get in fucking, that league? By yeah, the way, yeah, like you little <laughs> cupcake motherfuckers, man, get out of here with that shit. Get out of here, man. Like, no, it is cutthroat, and that's what makes it fun. I'm not gonna sit there like those are the people that go up to you and like the old school. Remember, like you watch the cartoons and they're mm-hmm. like want to duel and they slap each other in the face with a glove or something corny like that. Man, yeah. get the hell out of here, man. We're scrapping. You're not bringing you know, knife we're, to a We're ripping fight. our shirts oh, off, and we're going in the damn parking lot. Let's do this. <laughs> Meet you under the monkey bar. Uh, <laughs> out of here with that crap, man. If you're in a league, well, first of all, you should be dominating a league with players like that. Oh. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground. Cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 100%. But if you're a league up. like that, get in a real league. Mm-hmm. Really. I mean, you can find people, you know people, whatever. If not, gather and meet people. Yeah. But get in a real league because... Yeah. With, with that next level of competition, when everybody's on that level, it's a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do a lot more stuff and feel really good about it. When you, well, we call it getting greased, man. When you grease somebody over in a deal, mm-hmm. especially, look, if it's somebody who kind of doesn't know better, just kind of ho-hum about it, what's the satisfaction in that, right? Yeah. But if, but if it's somebody that's a quality level fantasy football player and you grease them in a deal, mm-hmm. God damn, that's a good feeling. See, that's what I was torn with when we were talking about, you know, is draft better yeah. or trades better? Because you'll have those corny little trades like there was that trade. What was it? Were you, were you were involved with the Geronimo Allison one? Uh, what one? You? The Geronimo Allison one? Oh, yeah. I just made I just made a trade for I mean, it. like it was like a standard Geronimo. trade. Like yeah. it was like, all right, whatever. And everyone's kind of like, cool. This is a cool trade. Like it wasn't a bad trade. Like I get it. I get wanting the Geronimo Allison aspect of it and all yeah. that. Like it wasn't a bad trade. It's, it's our dynasty so it's, league. I, I traded two second round picks next year and like a third and a fifth, whatever. Some, yeah. Some it, it, it was a him. fine trade. It was just like whatever. He's, but he's Rogers slot receiver possibly. He could when, go you, off. When, you, when you see those trades where it's like, well, one that I did recently with Kyle where I was able to get, like, two first-round picks and, like, Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. And I want to say there was something else. I can't remember. I have to look back at it for Kareem Hunt. Yeah. And Kareem Hunt is now, like, in a situation <laughs> where you don't even know what the hell is going to happen with him. Mm-hmm. And now I got two additional picks in the twenty what 2021 draft yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Oh, man, I felt good typing that out. <laughs> when you're typing that out or, like, you know, we will talk. We talked about this last week, but we uh, that, that Ryan trade where, you know, he sold his entire soul. For Corey Davis, I mean, I don't, I don't know who did he make that trade with. Uh, I don't even remember, but right. he. Uh, but so it was like, it was uh, a couple of seconds. Was there a first? In there was five total first round picks, man. No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. I don't think there were any five, first rounders. Yes, there was. It was five total first round picks for Corey Davis. All right, I remember this because I was like, dude, you just sold your soul for an unproven wide receiver, and he's like, he's gonna be the best wide receiver out there. And this is before last year's season even started. Did he know who was throwing to him? Exactly. <laughs> and that plays a huge factor into who to target at wide receiver is who the hell's throwing the damn ball. Yeah. Right. So um, do you want to dive into these do's and don'ts here? Because I think this is really good for people who are really passionate about fantasy football, but still don't know all the nuances. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're early on, you know, getting into fantasy football, you might think that drafting a kicker in round 11 makes sense. Right. Right. Um, or you might think that, you know, I think next year the Chicago Bears will have one of the best uh, defenses in the league, right? <laughs> you might be like, oh, man, let me take him in the ninth round. Like, no, don't do that, right? <laughs> so what we have to here today is a lot of, like, you know, just general do's and don'ts if you want to have a successful uh, season. Granted, this is fantasy football. Mm-hmm. There is a huge factor of luck, but what you can do 
is you can increase the probability of your winning by just going off of the odds. Right. You know, the odds of you doing X are going to result in this, right? So, for instance, um, if we're going to go, you know, just to kick it off here, I wanted to start off with something that I think is really important that a lot of fantasy football player or fantasy football uh, yeah, players actually don't really take into account is knowing your league settings. And rules. And rules. Yeah. That is a huge factor. Uh, every league has a commissioner, right? And that commissioner generally puts rules together. You usually get the, the buy-in or the feedback from the people that are playing. But a lot of times, you know, people get busy. They don't really see everything or they don't read every little detail. You need to take the time out to do that. Uh, case in point, I believe that our league, the way it's structured, defenses have more value mm -hmm. than in a lot of other leagues, mm -hmm. you know, like a standard league. Because, well, because we have things like tackles for loss. Yeah, We track exactly. the sacks, things like that. And so uh, safeties, all all that. all Kind of everything that you can get with a defense. So, exactly. So everything matters. So now third, uh, third down or fourth down stops, three and outs. Three and outs. Those are all three and outs get you a point, right? Yeah. So, and that's not the same for a lot of more standardized leagues. We also have, you know, bonuses that kick in for X amount of yards, mm -hmm. things of that nature. I was in a league when I first started playing fantasy football. This wasn't in either of these two leagues where – Kickoff return yards were valued like a running back type yards. So, and this is where I, you know, this, when you're first starting off, you take your lumps. This is where I took my first lump because I'm looking at this guy. And at the time, he's all drafting Dante Hall, like, <laughs> like super early. And I'm yeah. like, like, he's cool, man, but like, he's not that cool. <laughs> right. And then he's taking Devin Hester. I'm like, well, what the hell is going on here, man? <laughs> and then he's, you know, the league's, or, you know, the year starts, and this guy wins the championship that Wait, year. Sixth round, you got Leon Washington. Yeah, like, what the <laughs> hell is going on? These damn kick returners, man, they're uh, racking up these damn yards, and so that's just a get a big factor that you really need to pay attention to is how your league rules are set up and understanding how your scoring system works. Is it a standard? Is that PPR or full point PPR? Is it a half point PPR? You know, if it's a half point PPR, you know, guys who catch the you know football at a higher volume are going to have more value. So in that particular case, you know, I could definitely see a guy like a, a CMC. Like for instance, let me give you an example here. If we're talking just standard, I would say a guy like Melvin Gordon is higher of higher value than like a guy like CMC. If it's standard, yeah, there's a right? good chance. Yeah, there's a good chance, right? I mean, assuming Melvin Gordon plays this year. Yeah, assuming he plays, right? <laughs> But when you start talking about PPR now, half point or full point PPR, mm -hmm. you know, half point, the the gap starts to widen in favor of Christian McCaffrey. Full point really starts to widen. Same thing with like an Alvin Kamara, right? Mm -hmm. These are things that you have to be fully aware of uh, when you're drafting because it does have a lot of, uh, it has a lot of impact on how your team is going to evolve over the course of a season. You know, PPR, Derrick Henry takes a hit. He doesn't really catch the ball that much. He has high volume running. But, again, those losses and catches that are going to be going to Deion Lewis is actually going to have a huge impact on him overall. Mm -hmm. No, that's a good point. By the way, I did pull up the Corey Davis trade if, if people want to know. Yes. Now, right, by the is way, this is, this is how things just fly off in our league. Our league <laughs> is insane. There are no trading rules. Like, you can't get a trade vetoed. We just decided, like, halfway through the first season, mm -hmm. if two men want to make a trade— they can make a trade, and it's the wild, wild west because it's dynasty. Yeah. Now, I wouldn't recommend something like that for redraft. Yeah. But dynasty, you got what you got, and and you got to deal with it. So this is what all, all this straight up for Corey Davis, uh, Keelan Cole, yeah, Peyton Barber, Paul Richardson, the aforementioned Corey Coleman, uh, a 2019 third round pick, 
Mm-hmm. And when I say, for those who aren't familiar, uh, the only draft that we do, you do in a dynasty, is the rookies. It's a rookie draft done every year because mm-hmm. your team carries over. Your entire team carries over. So uh, 2019 third-round pick, and then in 2020, four second-round picks and a fourth-round pick. And then his entire 2021 draft. So first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Okay. So, so it's actually worse than like five first round picks. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's six. It's five second round picks. One first round pick. Two third round picks. A fourth, a fifth, and then four players. Good God. For Corey man. Davis. For Corey fucking Davis. So hope he has a good year. Uh, which brings Jesus. me to kind of my my next tip, which is identify i would do this i do this every year i make a a list of the top five and the bottom five and that is fantasy offenses and you can't do this strictly on you know you go to espn and look at their the team stats as far as points and everything because you'll miss something just you have to actually make an opinion here you have to rank something yourself Mm -hmm. instead of going off of what somebody else has done it's okay branch out a little bit do some research you'll be fine Mm -hmm. um Top five offenses I want to get somebody from, mm-hmm. and top five offenses I want to fucking avoid. Yeah. So, like for instance, you want you want to have a part of the Rams offense. You yeah. want to have a part of the Steelers offense. You want to have a part of the Chiefs offense. Those mm-hmm. are obviously up toward the top, and I'll do some research and round, round that out. Offenses you want no part of. Mm-hmm. Titans probably, maybe a running back. Mm, I, at the running back position, I would. Offenses that you don't want any part of are different because they usually have some sort of running back. But well, I mean, to you your don't point, want any though, part of that passing game. Well, we talked about earlier, Dolphins. I'm not touching any piece of that action. Yeah, you don't want None that. None of it, right? Um, the Bills, very iffy. Maybe Josh Allen, but I mean, you're not really starting Josh Allen any not this way, year. right? Right. Not I think he year. has, you know, in Dynasty, he definitely has value. Yeah. In a redraft, maybe if you want him as a backup and you're drafting him like in your late rounds, right? But for the most part, outside of that, mm-hmm. I mean, nothing, right? In Dynasty, maybe you'll take Devin Singletary, yeah. right? But again, that's not something that you're drafting in hopes of starting that year and doing something, right? So, no, that's a really good point. Right. There's certain offenses that I'm just not, I don't want any part of that action at all. And and it's more for me, it's more for the top five mm-hmm. than it is about the bottom five. Because you can make an exception later in the draft, obviously, and hope to, uh, a guy catches. Oh, yeah. But then a kind of a 1B to that whole philosophy is look at, especially now with this innovation, everybody wants the next Sean McVay, right? Mm-hmm. Look at coaching situations that you want, especially new coaching situations. Like last year when Matt Nagy went to Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's a, a good situation. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, this year, uh, you're talking about Matt LaFleur and what that impact is going to have on the Packers offense Yeah, and what's going on there. Uh, last year when, who was it, North Turner went to uh, the Panthers mm-hmm. and what that's going to do. Key coaching and uh, and coordinator changes. Yeah. Because you can look at their past track record and see what they like to do. You know that Norv Turner, look, he coached uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. Okay, Mm -hmm. So you got a guy in CMC. That's how I knew that CMC was going to blow up last year. You got you got an offense that's willing to to kind of ride him. Mm -hmm. And you have a coach that made LaDainian Tomlinson into a Hall of Famer. So that's a situation I wanted to latch on to. Yeah. Those two things can really do you well. At least you don't have to obviously use them as gospel. But make a note, keep it in the back of your mind. Oh, I want something from this offense. I want a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's so that way 
that helps you get a, a Cooper Cup later on. Yeah. You know, that's going to pay dividends for you. Yeah, some some offenses have those situations where, I mean, like the Rams are a very unique offense, right, where mm-hmm. you can literally draft any one of their three wide receivers and start them week to week. Yep. Right? That's very rare mm-hmm. in, any, in any situation. Um, Especially when you look at the fact that Jared Goff isn't a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Isn't that weird? Yeah. How the hell does that happen? Like, well, I, I mean, he struggled at the end of the season with with Todd Gur- without Todd Gurley. That offense yeah. struggles without the threat of Todd Gurley. We yeah. talked a bit a little bit about that in our in our uh, preview episode. Yeah, but, uh, I think there was a big uh, that was a big factor in that. I would say another thing to, and this is more for a redraft um, because in Dynasty, uh, you don't know what a sure thing is going to be. You just don't. You're drafting rookies, so you don't know what a sure thing is going to be. So my advice here is mainly focused on a redraft. And I would say in the first two rounds, especially, don't go with what you hope is going to happen. <laughs> you have got to don't reach. Like if you're, let's say, you're drafting at the number six spot. So the, the top four running backs are off the board, right? So you're Kamara, CMC, Zeke, Saquon's gar- gone. Heck, even number five, DJ is gone, something like that. And you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, I have Le'Veon Bell who's going into a new situation who actually came from a an offense that really – was catered around towards the running back because heck, now we're seeing James Conner looks good, Jalen Samuel looks good, looks good. How good we don't know is Le'Veon Bell, and he's going in onto a team that has a terrible offensive line, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to draft him because you need a running back, or are you going to take you know a high end wide receiver? In that particular case, there, I would personally go with a DeAndre Hopkins or a Devontae Adams somewhere along those lines. You know, I would have considered Melvin Gordon, but given the current contract situation that's going right. on, and it looks ugly. Yeah, it looks really bad. Um, I would. I don't like drafting anyone in the first two rounds that have red flags. I mean, obviously, you always got to deal with the potential of an injury, but you can't factor injuries into any of your decision making because it's just something that just happens. Unless it's an injury prone player, right. um, I'm not I drafting would, CJ Prozis. Yeah, no, exactly, right? <laughs> exactly. So that being the case, you definitely want to go for the best player on the board. Yeah, but I, I'm 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 with you on that. Uh, I disagree with you. I know you and I kind of don't see eye on the Le'Veon Bell thing because mm-hmm. I think he's just one of those talents that supersedes. Look, obviously it's a great situation in Pittsburgh. We see that. Mm-hmm. Most decent running backs would be very successful. I don't think there's anything special about James Conner. Very successful in that mm-hmm. offense. I do think there's something special about Le'Veon Bell. His mm-hmm. style, his patience, his, his, patience uh, his awesome. vision. Yeah. I think all of that lends to him being a special player above and beyond, and I think you could take him into just about any offense and he would do really, really well. I think in a full-point PPR, he has the opportunity to put up points. I think the problem is, you know, he came from an offense that had phenomenal wide receiver core, right, with a great quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. Sam Darnold, I think the last month of the uh, season last year, he really started to come on, start to show some flashes uh, of his potential, but I still don't look at any of the weapons that he has in the passing game and feel like there's any kind of threat. I think if your number one wide receiver is Robbie Anderson, you don't have a number one wide receiver. Yeah. Um, kind of the point we made before. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I'm a bit worried there that teams can just really key in on Le'Veon Bell. And I think that's what's probably going to hurt him the most. I, you know, I do believe that he does have talent. I'm not going to say the guy doesn't have talent. I just don't like the situation that he's in. Now, one of the things that I will say, and this kind of goes back to the point that I was talking about earlier about knowing your league setting and league rules, um, our league, our redraft league, has a little caveat to it that 
changes every year where we spin a dial and we have to add an additional position uh, based on where that dial ends up, right? <laughs> so this year... Which is a great quirk. It's something that some of the league members have tried to take out of the league, damn it, and I, I will not stand for that. I just wanted certain aspects gone. I said, look, I don't want to do... I know you wanted to take out the quarterback. The quarterback, the aspect, aspect of it. You know, and I really, I was just like, you know, I, we could do tight ends, running backs, wide receivers, whatever, and flex, flex right? Yeah. Whatever, right? Um, so this year we got... The running back. So that means, you know, normally you have, you know, three starting wide receivers, two running backs, tight end, quarterback, defense, kicker, right? Yeah. Uh, and a flex. So this year now we have to start three running backs. Right? Changes everything. And it doesn't take away from the wide receiver. No, we have still have three wide receivers, mm-hmm. but we also have to have three starting running backs. So that and means a flex. and a flex, right? So that means that every, I mean, just from starting, just from a starting standpoint of every team's need of having three running backs go in week to week, there's all the running backs right there, mm-hmm. right? There's all of them. You know, there's 32 teams. There's all of them, right? So <laughs> there's not going to be a lot on the waiver wire. There's not going to be a lot for you to pick up. So the need to grab a running back has increased significantly. So in this particular league, if I was picking at the sixth spot and Le'Veon Bell was there, I would take him in a heartbeat, right? Because if you don't take him there and you take a wide receiver – you're really, really screwing yourself over because on the turn, you may not even have a running back to even take because another thing that our league is set up to do is you can keep two players from the previous year, essentially. So in this case here, I'll be fully transparent because I don't care. I have Nick Chubb, who I'm not really that high on because I don't like Kareem Hunt kind of breathing down his neck, but Mm -hmm. I got him in the 13th round, and I get to keep him for a 13th round. The value is just too damn good. I'm going to keep Nick Chubb. I have a carry-on Johnson who I got in the sixth round. I'm going to keep him for sure as well. So and you get to keep him in the round that you drafted him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the value is there. I have to take it. And then uh, with the third overall pick, because guys like CMC are going to be gone, Zeke are going to be gone, Saquon's going to be gone. Like all these top end running backs are going to be gone. There's a good likelihood I may have to draft, you know, either a Montgomery, a Jacobs, a Fournette with a number three overall pick. So that's what we were talking about earlier. Is just understanding your league rules and nuances, you know, and adjusting your drafting style to accommodate uh what is necessary in order to come out with the best possibility of winning yeah no that's that's a great point uh and and i want to point out too because and i don't even know how long this is gonna go uh we haven't kind of hammered that part out yet yeah uh it's a brand new podcast <laughs> uh, there are going to be parts of this podcast where if you are an expert player somebody's been playing a long time you're going to kind of really rise and say well duh but just what i've seen uh over the last few years is that and, and with as big as fantasy football is, I think there are a lot of players, a lot of fantasy football owners or whatever, they just do it. You know, obviously they want to be better, but they're mm-hmm. not that seriously into it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is just kind of an everyman podcast. Yeah. You know, this is a little bit of information that everybody can use. Even if you're an expert player, it's a nice refresher. It's something nice to hear, at least, you know. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Be validated in whatever your strategy is, because this is the stuff I'm sure that you use. But for for newer players, or for players that, that aren't experts or aren't in expert leagues or whatever, 
You know, these are little things that can give you an edge over mm-hmm. the next guy. And that, that's what it's really all about is finding whatever edge you can. Um, because if you're playing fantasy football, you're not playing just to play. You're playing because you want to win. And mm-hmm. and we're kind of here to help you help you do that. And then on top of that, as the season goes and it falls into the off season, just kind of circling back to what this podcast is going to be. Um, it's not going to be just about football. You know, yeah. it's going to be life about life too. And and there are things that we see in society and that we talk about, and we wanted to be able to have a platform to do that as well. So talk about two things that are really passionate to us. Uh, Football, fancy football, mm-hmm. but then also just kind of the things we know it's about life and 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 society and maybe changes that need to be made or get opinions out there, hear other sides of things, and so that's that's what this is going to be about. And then hopefully we'll be able to make you laugh along the way as well. So you know, throw throw a few chuckles in there too. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I want to really dive in because I I really did list out a lot of like do's and don'ts. So I really want to dive into. I think we touched on like two of the ones that I had listed <laughs> out here on the do side. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'll just focus on the do's for now and then we can shift over to the don'ts because the don'ts are really what's like going to like the do's can help you. Yeah. They may not necessarily like make or break your league, but the don'ts, those can fuck you. The things that you absolutely should not do. And I've probably done every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, so and you've been there to ridicule me all along the way. Oh, 100 yeah. percent, man! I, just give me all I need is like, what is it, Gail Sayers say? Just give me 18 inches of daylight. That's all I need. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can need, man. Just give me a little bit of daylight. Uh-huh. I'm taking it. Um, one of the things that I, I like, keep in mind, fantasy football is supposed to be fun, right? Which is why we say, you know, draft or be in leagues with people who are active, who talk a lot of crap, and you know, give each other a hard time. It makes yep. the wins more fun. It makes the losses hurt more. It's like a big soap opera, right? And boy, um, do the losses hurt. Yes, they absolutely do. <laughs> um, but I will say is have fun with your draft. For instance, if you love a particular player or, you know, we're out here in Seattle, so there's you know a lot of Hawks fans out here, obviously. And, you know, if you're in love with uh, Rashad Penny or Chris Carson or something like that and you want to draft them on your team, by all means, like draft the players that you want because it is fun on Sundays to watch the players that you genuinely enjoy watching and also seeing them from a fantasy aspect as well just makes it a little bit it makes for me anyway like I love the Eagles right so if I have Carson one starting that week and I had an Alshon Jeffrey starting and like to see that double up you know two for one uh, score go through mm-hmm. I love watching that and it just makes it more fun for me but <laughs> do not reach <laughs> all right an Alshon Jeffrey should be going around late fifth six ish round maybe even early seventh. You fuck around and take him on in the fourth because you like him and you like the Eagles. You're fucking you're playing yourself. You're just telling you're, just, you're, that. you're telling yourself that you're trying to talk yourself into this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> look, because yeah, Marcus is from Philly. He's an Eagles fan. I'm here from you know the Northwest. I'm a Seahawks fan. Uh, I disagree with what mm-hmm. you just said. By the way, okay. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Look, my fun is in winning. Okay, so I don't care if I have uh, five Seahawks. I don't care if I have zero Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll root for my guys on Sunday to win when it comes to fantasy. And a lot of people can't do this, by the way. They can't mm-hmm. compartmentalize. They can't yeah. separate the two, Yeah, uh, which is a big mistake, I think, because that hurts you. Yeah, no, Like, those are the people I, I love, those people in my league. I'll jump all over them mm-hmm. because that's, you know, their favorite team is the Raiders, and they got four Raiders on their squad. Well, I don't think there are four Raiders worth rostering. So yeah. um, that's great for me. And I, I just think you do yourself a disservice by tying your fandom mm-hmm. at all 
with fantasy football other than I follow this team so I know a little bit more information mm-hmm. about this guy than everybody else might. Okay? And so that might benefit me. Other than that, mm-hmm. completely separate it because it's not going to do you any favors. Yeah. And I, I want to preface what I was saying. I agree with what your your, your point there. And that's just my, me. That's my, no, no, I, I agree with that 100%. And I, and I don't draft that way. What I'm saying is if you're torn between two players, right, mm-hmm. and one happens to be a guy that plays for your team, and it's, it'll be more fun for you to root that way. I'm not saying yeah. Yeah, reach. I, I can what I'm that. saying, yeah. yeah, I'm saying if don't avoid players or you know that are on your team, and don't reach for them if they're on your team, right? Mm-hmm. But it, you know, but if there's a guy there like a cart, like you know, if I, I see Carson Wentz in the ninth round, I haven't drafted my quarterback yet. I value Carson Wentz in the ninth round, right? But I'm also looking at say another quarterback, maybe it's Jared Goff. We'll just say I'm just throwing a name out there, right? And I have them both valued roughly the same. It's okay in that particular case to go after the guy that you have a personal investment in just from a rooting standpoint. Yeah. It's just more fun, yeah. right? So, you know, and that's just the fun side of it. I do believe fantasy football should also be fun. Um, and, I, you know, a lot of that fun comes, like I said, from the, the shit talking. There's so <laughs> many, like, different aspects of it. But I do like having certain – like, if the Eagles were, for instance, like the Dolphins, like, I wouldn't have any Dolphins players on my team. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't have them, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, right? Um, another thing I would say to do, and this is actually more important, uh, let's get to the nitty gritty stuff here. (laughs) And when you're drafting the first few rounds, obviously are going to be your starters. These are the guys that you really don't want to miss on, right? Mm -hmm. It gets a little tricky. You really got to do your homework when you, I would say, get into between round six and nine, right? Because those are also important pieces. Those are going to be your bi-week fill-ins, your flex starters, things of that nature. Oh, those are money rounds. Uh, those are very, very big money rounds because they're players that, like, you have a good feeling about. Yeah. But also, you know, may not necessarily be a week-to-week starter, but they have, you know, that potential. Once you hit to round 10, though, that's when I believe you should start to shift your focus to unproven high ceiling players, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm at round 10, for instance, and you know, I essentially have the guys that I believe I'm going to start week to week, this is where I'm going to start to shift my focus to players that I believe have a high ceiling and could be you know, a breakout like last year when I took Nick Chubb right. in the 13th round, mm-hmm. right? Here's a high ceiling guy. He's unproven. I'm going to take him now, right? Um, what I do see a lot of people do is they take players who have proven that they can play but they're they have a low ceiling mm-hmm. right and a decent like little floor like maybe they'll give you six or seven points let me yeah. give you a case in point here someone might take a guy like tyler gabriel mm-hmm. right i was gonna like, say like a Bilal pal yeah something like that where they're like you know you know they'll score points yeah. but they're not gonna win you any leagues or anything like that like mm-hmm. they'll give you a few points here and there six seven points or whatever but there's a ton of guys like that mm-hmm. What you want to do when you hit the 10th round and later is you want to go for guys who have no track record, no real NFL film put on them, and you're just saying to yourself, okay, based on the situation, the offense that they're in, based on what they've done in college, and this is where you really want to do your homework based on what I'm hearing out of camp, you know, based on what I've seen a little bit here and there in preseason. Maybe they're still going up against the secondary squad, but the little bit that I did see, and that's how I drafted a D.D. Westbrook, right, Mm -hmm. a guy like that. You know, because I saw what he did with those second-team offenses out there, right, or the second-team defense out there. I'm like, damn, this guy put up 177 yards in one of his games, right? I'm like, damn, okay, he he has potential, 
that's when you start focusing on players like that who have the potential for a high ceiling because every year there is a guy who you draft in rounds 10 or later, and there's several guys that break out and be huge stars every year. Mm -hmm. The problem is they're dart throws, and you just don't know who those guys are going to be. So that's where doing your homework and looking at the situation really starts to kick in. No, that's a really good point, and – just a couple of sources for you. If And, again, this is if you want to crush it, if you want to have a leg up. I mean, the Sleeper app is your friend, mm-hmm. I have I've found out recently. <laughs> and Twitter all. is your friend. Yeah. Follow. I mean, there is not a team that I don't follow one of their writers. Follow at least one writer from every team. If you're worried about your Twitter timeline being bogged down, hell, make a separate Twitter, a fantasy Twitter, where you don't do anything, you don't tweet. All you do is follow you know, the key main NFL writers and then a writer from from each team because that's where you're going to get the information on these guys, you know, in training camp. You're not going to see that stuff necessarily on NFL Network. But if people are, are showing out, you got guys, look, I mean, I'm finding out today, and I have the last few days, and, and I kind of knew that this was going to be happening, but John Brown is mm-hmm. really showing out in Bill's camp so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be a big part of that offense and, you know, if you weren't paying attention, he had a real nice start last year That when Baltimore was still throwing the ball before they went to Lamar Jackson. So, mm-hmm. so uh, read about that on Twitter. Twitter is a huge resource for you that, you know, you can pick up on those guys, those, those little things, those small nuggets of information that can help you out on draft day. They can help you out with the waiver wire, all those kind of things. Okay. I agree. I agree 100%. Uh, my next piece and I can kind of merge these two together here. Um, I know that maybe in the last four to five years, maybe uh, the zero RB strategy was really starting to take off where people were drafting like the high end wide receivers early and then drafting and running backs in rounds like three, four five ish areas. Right. right? Um, studies are showing that that strategy sucks. <laughs> it doesn't work. Right. Um, because wide receiver is such a deep position, though, as it is, right? I mean, it, you, granted, yeah, there's a guy, there's a guy here and there, there's a gal here and there that could actually win with the zero RB strategy, right? And, mm-hmm. I th- and really, that's what sprung that whole entire thought process into play. Is some, you know, a couple people were winning from that format. Right. The thing is, is that the wide receiver position is very deep. You can get guys like a Mike Williams. You can get guys like Tyler Boyd. You can get guys like Chris Godwin in rounds five, six, seven, right? Who are going to be you know, high-end producers for your team potentially in most cases, right? Tyler mm-hmm. Boyd, I mean, a lot of people try to poo-poo on the guy, but, I mean, he was putting wide receiver number one wide receiver one numbers up on a consistent basis, right? right? Um, that being said, I truly believe, unless you're drafting late in the first round where the value is just too great, you should be going running back heavy early, robust running back early in your first two rounds unless you are for instance like let's say it's a 10 team league unless you are in a 10 team league and you're drafting number 10 maybe you want to get you know Devontae Adams DeAndre Hopkins somebody like that is mm-hmm. there you want to grab one of those or Michael Thomas you want to grab one of those and then on the turn maybe grab a Todd Gurley or something like that totally understand but I, th- I believe in most cases you generally should be going running back heavy early and solidifying those positions especially with the fact that the running back position has now evolved you know, it used to be you hand the ball off to the running back, they run, right? Then the PPR started to get incorporated. What happened when the PPR started getting incorporated? Wide receiver value started to shoot up, right? But now running backs are heavily involved in the passing game in most cases, mm-hmm. right? 
they're getting those checkdowns. So, right. So in a lot of situations, you're looking at a half a point or a full point just from them catching the ball at this particular point or this particular situation. And they're high volume or high percentage throws. Right. So they're going to be getting those. Uh, and on top of that, they don't have the same level of depth. I do believe that if you are going into the draft and for sure, if you're drafting within, I would say, in the top seven picks in the first round, you absolutely should be going RB, RB, in my opinion. You can get a guy. For instance, in the top six or seven picks, you can get a David Johnson or someone along those lines, and on the turn, come back around and get a guy like Joe Mixon. And if you start out your draft that way, I'm a firm believer that you're starting yourself off on the right foot. Now, see, so- I don't have I don't have a specific, uh, mm-hmm. and maybe this is maybe this is part of my problem. Uh, I don't have a specific die in the wool strategy for this because there's so many factors that everything depends on, including how the draft falls too. But mm-hmm. um. I don't know because the league is changing because the running back is so devalued mm-hmm. now, and because so many teams are going with committees, mm-hmm. they don't want the wear and tear on the running back. They want you know their guys to be more durable, so they're going to go with a two or three headed monster, like you'll see in Philly, mm-hmm. like you'll see here in Seattle, like you'll see down in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think unless you're getting a premier true RB one. Mm-hmm that you know he is getting 80% of the carries, mm-hmm. and then there are only a few of those. The rest of the running backs are kind of all in the same group after that. And that that's actually that that's my point right there, right, is that a lot of teams do have these committees. So those committee teams, and I actually have that listed on my don'ts, avoid running backs that are in a part of a committee, unless the value is there. Like if I can get a Miles Sanders in the 10th round, sure, I'll do it then, right? Yeah. And keep in mind, when we're telling you where and when to draft certain players – or to avoid certain players. It's not to say that to not draft them. In many cases, I'm just saying that don't draft them at their ADP, their average draft position. Mm-hmm. For instance, like a, like I see an Odell Beckham you know, going late first. I think that that's crazy to me. He hasn't done anything in two years. I'm not saying that he's not going to produce. I'm not saying that he's not going to be a top 15 wide receiver. But for where I see him going, I believe you can get other players of better value at that particular spot. So that being the case... Uh, if you got a guy, because like we were saying, there's those that there's that committee factor. Mm-hmm. So if you're say, let's say you're drafting number six, David Johnson is there. You have to take David Johnson right. in that particular case. Let's say on the churn, Joe Mixon is there. You have to take Joe Mixon in that particular case there because that position starts to diminish each and every round where you can get guys that you can plug in week to week and feel comfortable with them starting. Mm-hmm. The other factor, and this is my last part of the dues. And this is something that I hear a lot of people very split down the middle on, right? Handcuff your RB1 and RB2. I'm a firm believer in handcuffing your RB1 and RB2. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to get David Johnson, you know, you had best believe that I'm going to then draft Chase Edmonds, you know, in the late, you know, 13, 14 rounds, somewhere like that, right? I actually feel gross about having Chase Edmonds on my team. But you're you're right. You're right, though. I mean, right. you're right. You because know? It, it, you get to that set 12th, 13th round, whatever. I mean, are you going to take some team's third wide receiver, you know, in a running offense that might have three games where they flash and have six catches for 90 yards? Mm-hmm. Well, how valuable is that to you? Because then, and maybe this is one of my don'ts, too, is, avoid, you know, don't, uh, don't take situations or players where, they're only going to flash for a game or two, but you can't feel comfortable in starting them. Yeah. Because if I can't feel comfortable starting a guy, this is the this is my James White mm-hmm. thing, by the way. James White had a tremendous 
first half of the of last season, even first like two thirds, mm-hmm. when he was the guy when Sony Michelle went down. But then when Sony Michelle came back and Rex Burkhead came back, he went down the offense so much that yeah, James White. And Bill Belichick is so schizo with his offense. James White could have a game where he has 15 catches Mm -hmm. for 100 yards and runs the ball for another two scores or whatever. He could do that. Mm -hmm. But I had no confidence at all starting him Mm -hmm. late in the season in the playoffs. I couldn't start James White in the playoffs. Number seven fantasy back at PPR last year. Mm -hmm. I couldn't start him. Yeah. So make sure that it's a situation that you feel like uh, you know you can count on at least the fact that you'll be able to start him. Because if you, if you can't feel confident in starting him, what good is he on your roster? Exactly. Exactly. No, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, do you have any other do's that you want to go over? I have a pretty solid amount of don'ts. I want to hear your don'ts. Okay. Awesome. Uh, my number one don't, and you've learned this with... Uh, <laughs> I pro- like I said, I've probably learned all these. Oh, you learned this You might have put this list you, together you, off of my mistakes. You learned this in infamy. Because there was one. Oh, don't year. get involved in a league where people cheat and break the rules. No. Okay. No. <laughs> don't allow collusion. How oh, about that? No. I was colluded against. What? Gonna, don't trade in a redraft league your third or sixth round four pick for Julio fucking Jones. Words for you right what, now, man. What? What? You're all okay. Fucking. Here's the thing. Dead. Okay. Maybe all you right. believe in karma <laughs> and fantasy god and bullshit. I don't. All right. It was week one. It was game one. The season just kicked off. I had drafted Rob Gronkowski. He had three touchdowns in the Thursday night football game to kick off the season. I told everybody in this league, you're all fucking dead. Oh Because I got god. Gronk. I think that's your Gronk and Jimmy Graham. By the oh way. Oh my god. That which was, was an experiment that that was beautiful. Blew up the in my way face. the way that blew up in your face was just like man. Oh, what? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with the declarative state? What's like wrong a, with it? Was like a you know when you know when they I was de- feeling you know myself. When you, you know when you're in Vegas and they're like doing a demo on a building and they're blowing it up and everyone just yeah. gathers around just to watch that shit collapse. And yeah. you're just like, Man, that was God. beautiful. That was fucking your season. Well, so year. what's the don't here? The don't is don't draft a tight end in the first three rounds. Don't don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. I- okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, right now. He was a keeper. Yeah, and he was like a second-round keeper, though. third or something. Okay, top three rounds. All right. All right. My point is, okay. do not, and anyone listening to this, I'm going to really, let me get closer on this here. <laughs> you right up. Do not draft a fucking tight end in your first three rounds. I understand everyone is riding Travis Kelsey's nuts right now. I get it, right? <laughs> I get it. But the guy had an anomaly type of a season last year. Patrick Mahomes had an anomaly type of a season as a quarterback last year. Those numbers will regress and they will come down and the thing is if at the, at the draft position at the position that he's going in which in most cases I'm seeing him go either late first or second round you are now shooting yourself in the foot for a wide receiver one or an RB1 in both cases here positions that are more valuable to you during the course of the season I've seen it time and time again again I'm an Eagles fan I am not drafting Zach Ertz in the top three rounds, and I see him going in the top three rounds. So the three tight ends that are going that early, we all know, I think we can all agree, is Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, 
George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Do not fucking draft any three of these guys in your first three rounds when you can. I would say, in my personal opinion, you should not be targeting a tight end. The earliest you should be going at it is maybe the fifth. I'm more of like a sixth, seventh kind of round guy. But I can, I'm okay Like if you want to go after you know, uh, an O.J. Howard or you know, even a Hunter Henry like fifth, sixth round or something like that. Uh, I don't even want to talk about those two guys. I want to talk about those three guys, though, yeah. because I, I'm with you to, a, to an extent. I, maybe first, second, maybe even third round. Okay, so I, okay. I'm with you on that. But I think there is... I'm somebody who likes to find sneaky value, mm-hmm. sneaky value. And what I mean by mm-hmm. sneaky value is I have given myself this edge over just about everybody else because of this one thing that I did. Sneaky value is having a tight end in that tier. There's that mm-hmm. tier of tight end, and then there's a huge, huge fall off, and then everybody just kind of has the scraps. Mm-hmm. O.J. Howard's going to have a few good weeks. Evan Ingram's going to have a few good weeks, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. Maybe Hoggins and Fant, these new guys, mm-hmm. but – difference makers at tight end guys that you plug in and they're going to get you 15 to 20 points mm-hmm. in any given week and that's most weeks mm-hmm. that's that's something that everybody else isn't getting if you have an opportunity to get one of these three guys i very highly recommend i think you do yourself a huge huge service getting mm-hmm. them because especially depending on how the the draft is gone so maybe if maybe it's the fourth round i wouldn't do first three rounds either okay. but if it's the fourth round top tier Wide receiver and running backs obviously are already gone. Mm-hmm. Just depending on where everything's at and how and how the draft is falling. I'm not saying if if guys are fucking up and leaving really good wide receivers out there to not take mm-hmm. that really good wide receiver. But yeah. if the waters are muddied yeah. and you can get a difference maker at tight end that nobody else is gonna have, those are free points. Yeah. Okay. That, that was my thing with Patrick Mahomes and my dynasty layer. I traded for Patrick Mahomes. I gave up a lot to get him. To have him for the next 10 years. And I understand that last year was a fucking crazy season, but I feel like he's a generational talent Mm -hmm. at quarterback. Mm -hmm. Last year, he was good for, I think it was at least 10 points more per game than the next best quarterback, Matt Ryan or Ben Roethlisberger, one or the other. 16, and if you consider them like a tier, 16 points per game better than that next here beneath Ryan and Roethlisberger. Yeah. That's an RB2, okay. that value. That's why I like that. That is sneaky value. Yeah. Same thing with your tight end. And if I, you're getting 20 points out of your tight end because he's a beast, you're in PPR, and Zach Ertz is getting 10 catches a game for 130 yards mm. and a score, nobody else is getting that value. Those are free points. So I think, and I agree, I think that we are on the same page there. Yeah. Um. I just said the top three, the fifth, mm-hmm. the fifth and late. That's just my own personal preference. But if you, yeah, if a Kelsey's there in the fourth or Ertz or whatever or a Kittle, and you want to take him, then um, I'm not going to argue it. I'm not going to be like that stupid. Now that's don't just, now, now don't do what preference. I do and try to pair Gronk and Jimmy Graham together. That's when so you, you take them up. both out because I think I went. Yourself. I think I kept Gronk yourself. in the third and drafted Graham <laughs> in the fourth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I had good keepers. I think that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I did. So yeah, for me, it's it's, it's really just those top three. And Trial I, and error. But the, but the other thing is, <laughs> keep in mind too, and this is just some this is just some info for anybody listening here that uh, I, I believe you should know about these tight ends. Uh, Kelsey is locked in at his position. Um, they got Tyree Kill back, um, which for now. For now. Um, until he does something else really fucking stupid. For now. So I do feel Kelsey's value should... I don't think he's going to produce like he did last year, but I do think he'll be the tight end one. Um, the other two, I have a little bit more of a question mark on. Um, 
Ertz, that offense is man. It's they're, they're going to be spreading the ball around a lot. I think they're going to start to incorporate Dallas Godair more. And I honestly think that from a just a sheer talent perspective, Dallas Godair is going to take Ertz position at some point. I, he is really good, man. I mean, like that kid is really good. Well, I'm a fan um, of his talent. Yeah. No question. I just look, they do a lot of two tight end stuff. Yeah. And that's gonna free up Dallas Goddard. But here's the thing, like, just look at the targets. Mm-hmm. You know, they were both able to to do pretty well. I think I think Goddard and that was his rookie season. That's he what got, I'm like, saying. And as a tight end, yards or whatever. You know, tight end right. rookies are usually but, poop. But there's just something with a quarterback when he has a security blanket. Yeah. And that's what Zach Ertz is. And Carson Wentz is on that page with him. Yeah. I just, I don't see his, maybe it'll come from something else. Maybe the receivers, Deshaun whatever. Jackson and that's where Goddard's production is going to come from. I don't see it taking away from Zach Ertz. Early camp notes. Again, it's still camp. But early camp notes that I've been reading up on is that Carson Wentz and Deshaun Jackson are forming a f- freakish alliance. Who are you following? You following Dave Spadaro? What is this? What's that? <laughs> I follow. All, I mean, honestly, I follow all of them. But yeah, good old Dave. <laughs> he's such a homer, man. Uh, God, he's so like friendly about everything. Yeah. I, I follow him, but he's not one of my favorite followers. Um, well, if you want something not friendly about everything, okay, Howard Eskin. There you go. There you, you follow go. Him. Yeah, I, I follow him too, dude. I follow. <laughs> when I say I follow all of them, I follow all of them, and then just regular dudes like myself who just are like freaks about Philadelphia sports. So I'm just gonna get back to him. Howard Eskin's a dick. He is. He's a dick. He's my dick, though. <laughs> um, and then the third one, George Kittle. Here's the, and I'm more concerned about him than any of them. And here's why: when he was playing with Jimmy Garoppolo last year, he was getting about seven to eight targets a game, and he was putting up decent numbers. Mm-hmm. But he didn't really start to break out until that C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins. Uh, quarterback situation started to come into fruition. And that was from both of them. I think C.J. Beathard was feeding the ball a lot, and he was having a lot of success. Same thing with Nick Mullins. I don't know what that's going to look like again, though, with Jimmy Garoppolo because quarterbacks do have a tendency to lock on, kind of like what you were saying with Wentz and Ertz, to lock on to particular security blankets. I'm not 100% convinced that Garoppolo's security blanket is George Kittle. It could very well likely be a Debo Samuel even or a Dante Pettis even. Or maybe he's just checking it down a lot to Tevin Coleman. There's so many question marks on that team. I really don't feel comfortable drafting anyone on that team, to be honest with you, right now. George, the way Kyle Shanahan schemes open George Kittle, though, mm-hmm. you know, it's more than just dumping down to Kittle and he makes a tremendous play. I mean, he is schemed open yeah. seven, eight times a game. Yeah. And so Garoppolo is supposed to be really talented. Yeah. If C.J. Beathard can make the most of that, Nick Mullins can make the most of that, I would think that Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah. you know, with with Kittle, because tight end, even the great ones, with good def- Look, we saw a great, one of the best defenses in NFL history here in Seattle, especially secondary-wise. Mm-hmm. secondary, secondary wise. They couldn't cover the tight end. Great tight ends. Tight ends that you would focus on. Yeah. You would think, okay, focus, shut this guy down. Yeah. Well, wouldn't matter. Yeah. Well, they're you too could, fast for the linebackers and too big for the corners. You, you, we just, yeah, you yeah. could get them open. So tight ends like that, they get forgotten about. They get a mismatch. The scheme, there's a hole in the, in, in the defense that they could set down in. I just, I, I don't think, you know, when you have a tight end with the talent that he does and then you couple that with a coach that knows how to use them and get them open, mm-hmm. uh, that's dangerous, man. That's dangerous. I agree, I agree. Um, so... And yeah, if Kittle's there in the fifth, I'll take him in a heartbeat. I'm just, I'm just going back to that first three rounds uh, stance that I had. 
Uh, next one I have is do not, and, and I know I mentioned this somewhat earlier that if you have a guy that you know is on your personal team and you're kind of torn between him and you know another right. player, but like the value is about the same, then yeah, go with the player that you like to root for. That's fine, but don't homer out. <laughs> do not homer out. I've seen it happen so many times where, especially out here, you go to like these like little casual. I don't, I don't think we in any of our leagues we do it. Casey kind of does it a little bit. He's kind of a little bit of a homer on his team. He's starting, you know, Carson and Penny, and I think he has Russell Wilson and all that shit. I think he's starting to wisen up, though. Yeah, but I mean, he used to be such a garbage fantasy player. I don't yeah. know what happened. I don't know what happened. You know, you know, blind squirrel finds a nut every now and then. Right? I guess. Yeah, right. And I all guess. of a sudden, he could play fantasy sports. Yeah. He was right. the worst. He was like one of the worst I'd ever played. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And I told him that often. No, he, but he was like, ain't nobody bullshitting. Like, <laughs> hey man, he, he was. But you know, and then he, wor- I guess he worked on it or something. It worked out. I mean, honestly, that that backfield literally worked out to the sense that it, it's a very rare circumstance when you have two running backs that you can actually start week to week. Mm-hmm. And I really think that he lucked out there because he didn't know that at that yeah. time. He was just homering out, like what we were saying. Don't mm-hmm. fucking homer out. It just panned out in his favor. And I would still say, though it worked in Seattle, don't ever do that. Because it's not, again, like I was talk, talking about earlier, you want to focus on probability. Mm. It is very unlikely that that'll work in your favor. So don't do that. Could it work? Sure. fan listening to this, don't get all three Titans receivers. Because they'll be available. Yeah. They'll be out there. Yeah. Don't <laughs> fucking do it. Don't do not do homer it. out. Um, I really try to, I, am I a proponent of, you know, the doubling up process where, like I was saying earlier, where you have a Carson and an Alshon. Or, you know, let's just say, for instance, you got Patrick Mahomes or Tyreek Hill or something like that, and you want to double up. I'm okay with doubling up, but I, if that's the case, then I generally will not have, you know, a third player. Like, you know what I mean? I, it would just be those two. Here's the quarterback, and here is the wide receiver. I don't think that it's you're, you're doing yourself any favors yeah. if you're starting more than two players at an offensive position on one team because if that team has a bad game, you pretty much just lost that fucking week. Mm-hmm. You yeah. just lost. No, that's a good point. So do you have do you have two more don'ts? Uh, two more don'ts. Do not or try to avoid any players that are having contract issues or injury concerns. <laughs> Don't uh, do this. This is new. Yeah, this is kind of new uh, lately. I will. Th- I will say this: get somebody who's in a contract year. Mm-hmm. Like their contract is coming well, up, that's then they're fine. gonna ball out. Yeah, because they're but they're not sitting out. If you got guys that are like Zeke right now, I think he's like took took a plane ride to Mexico or some shit like that. It, it yeah, what, you can draft. I, I think you could draft Zeke. I think you can still draft Zeke because of I think his situation will get worked out. But the thing is, be very cautious. Like this Melvin Gordon one, I yeah, think I it's got a Melvin lot Gordon. of legs yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah. Or even last year, Le'Veon Bell's mm-hmm. one had a lot of legs to it. You got to look at the landscape of sports in general. And this goes beyond just football. You look at basketball as well. Players are starting to gain a lot more power. You're seeing, and Steve Kerr was complaining about this recently, about players now, you know, essentially dictating what teams are going to do and taking some of that power back. And Mm -hmm. I think that is really a product of ownership, really just fucking these players over in many cases. And now players are saying, oh, fuck you. I'm the one that brings the money in. I actually have a lot of power here and I'm going to start to use it and flex it now. You know, Kawhi Leonard did that, right? Um, but now you're starting to see football players do the same thing now. Where they're like, "Listen, I'll not fucking play. I don't give a shit, right? My value, what I want, what I'm going to make, I can make next year. Mm-hmm. Especially with these running backs, you know, they have such a small window of time in which they can actually capitalize and make a lot of money. 
I totally understand what Le'Veon Bell did last year with the Steelers. I totally get it. Do I think that he played his cards wrong and fucked himself in the long run? Yeah, but that was more so how he went about it and what deal he decided to take other than him taking a stance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so just be very cautious of that because players, I mean, it used to be a player would, you know, organizations would call your bluff. Yeah. Like, oh, you want to sit out? Sure, whatever. And then second those game checks started getting hit, mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, all right, I'm back. Sorry, just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> now they're like, hey, man, fuck you. I'm not, I'm not showing up. Mm-hmm. I'm not showing up and I won't be there. So be very cautious uh, when drafting. If you are looking at... You know, it's kind of like I was saying earlier, where it was like your first couple rounds, you really want to get the high probabilities. You want to get low risk, uh, best outcome situations. You don't want to go after a guy like, for instance, Melvin Gordon's off my board. Mm-hmm. I'm not touching him. Unless something happens between now and draft day that yep. convinces me otherwise, I wouldn't even draft him. Let somebody else all. make that mistake. Exactly. And they will. Exactly. Somebody will. 100%. Yeah. Like, it's that hope. You know, if he comes back, I got to steal. But what if he doesn't come back? Now mm-hmm. your season's fucked, right? Yeah. So it's just not worth it. There's other players out there who are going to perform for you and give you that value, and I would absolutely say you should target them. Uh, last uh, don't for me. Um, I, I do have two more. One, we'll go more real quick. First one is do not draft a kicker or a defense into the last two rounds. Just don't. <laughs> just stop it. Just stop it. Don't do it. Well, Especially defense, yeah, defense you could do a little bit higher than the last. I mean, there's some of these leagues that are 14, 15 rounds. Yeah. That's it. I, I get it there. Yeah. But if you're in a league that's a little bit deeper, then yeah. sure, I, I would say, you know, if, if it's, again, same thing with the tight ends. If it's a defense that you know really balls out every year, like you don't have to worry about them. Yeah. I, I, then, then that's worth it because those are free points. I just feel like both of those positions are so fluky. Like, even last year, like, everyone was all over the Jaguars' defense, right? But then Derrick Henry just shredded them up, mm. right? I mean, like, they're too fluky. I'd rather – I would rather take, like I was saying earlier, one of those high potential players, yeah. one of those, you know, can come out of the woodwork players that can actually change the dynamic of your entire team because defenses and kickers are not going to do that, right? right? Uh, lastly, uh, I would say do not – and I've seen people draft this way – do not let bye weeks factor into your decision-making. If there's a player that you really like and you're saying to yourself, well, I shouldn't draft him because I have two running backs already that are going to be on a bye week that week, so I don't want to draft, for instance, you know, in this particular case, I don't want to take Derrick Henry here because, you know, I have Joe Mixon and yeah. uh, Todd Gurley who have a bye week. that Don't do that. If you're Draft the best players available that you want on your team, and every team has a bye week. So, for instance – if they're all going to be on a bye week that week and you lose that week, fuck it. Who cares? Yeah, you know what? Exactly. Outside I, of that I, I week, totally you're stacked, right? I you're totally good. You might lose week nine. Yeah. But because of your decisions, now you're going to win, win weeks you know, four, five, and six when you might not have. So Exactly. No, 100%. <laughs> but I see yeah. it's weird. I see people go, well, I can't draft this person because then I'll have too many people on a bye week that week. Who gives mm-hmm. a fuck? Take an L. It's fine. Yeah. You know what? After that week, you are fucking fully loaded. Mm-hmm. Ready to rock. I almost prefer it that way. Yeah, I, right? I'm going to have a bad week. Maybe I can uh, use the waiver wire and kind of get around it. Maybe I get lucky and I play a bad opponent. Yeah. Or they have a bad week or whatever. Maybe I get lucky. I'm just going to plan on losing this week. Mm-hmm. But if I have a lot of most of my bye weeks stacked up, then then all of a sudden everybody else, you know, who has spread them out, they're missing key players every week. I'm not. Exactly. So it, exactly. But uh, again, I'm not trying for that either. I just don't let it factor in too much yeah. to what I'm doing. It, it has zero. Has zero levity on my decision making. Except maybe your quarterback, your backup quarterback, maybe. Well, yeah, if it's your backup quarterback because yeah, yeah it, it, in that particular case, right. right? But that's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, that's it. That's it for us.
All right. All right. Uh, Episode one, I think it was productive. I think we had some fun. Yeah. No, uh, absolutely. It didn't get too raunchy either, man. I was really going to start throwing some daggers out there, uh, but we'll save that. Well, we have, we have a lot of time for that. <laughs> uh, so we're going to do this, and I guess we're going to do it probably, hopefully every week. Um, definitely leading up to the draft and everything and into the season. So. Yeah, this is the exciting time of the year. So yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully you can use what we what we uh, what we put out there. Uh, like I said, jump on Twitter if you don't have one. And uh, when you do that, you can give me a follow too, Slickhawk12 uh, on Twitter. I don't, do you have a Twitter, Marcus? Maybe uh, we'll get you on there. Actually, yeah, you can follow me on uh, Instagram. Actually, oh. I'll start get uh, I'll start getting uh, Twitter going as well. You gonna put your I'll... wedding pics up today? <laughs> people can see see at this wedding you got to run to oh yeah 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 <laughs> get to really get to know me but uh you want to follow me on ig it's marcus underscore and the jameson um and i'll start getting active more on the twitter side as well as we start to progress along here so we can start giving you live updates and uh feedback as the weeks go along versus just once a week so um yeah totally looking forward to it all right that's episode one the focus podcast thanks for tuning in talk to you next week take it easy everyone Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.